Are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? Like many of us, I'm sure you're feeling it. Business is hard. And now more than ever, you need to have a plan to help your business not just survive, but thrive. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a profit and business strategist on a mission. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability and guides your growth. I'd like to share some strategies that I've earned and learned on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. I'm really excited to have a dear friend of mine as guest today, Sarah Michael. Sarah's known as the expert of feminine leadership, and she is the founder of Sparkling Results. Sarah works with women leaders to lead their lives and careers powerfully without being pushy. Sarah supports clients uh, to sell themselves, their ideas, projects, and results in life and in business by crafting conversations for any context that sets them up for success and leaves the other person feeling motivated instead of discouraged. She provides guidance to articulate esoteric, sorry, to articulate esoteric and, and hard to describe ideas and tangible results in a way that people get. Sarah created Feminine Sales Power, the Selling Yourself in Life and Business program out of her own experience of learning how to lead and communicate in a way that gets results while ensuring the experience of getting those results in, uh, is good for all that are involved. Sarah has dedicated to up-leveling women leaders in life and the career they love. Wow, that's amazing, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you, Marcy. I'm so happy to be here. Welcome. Uh, you're welcome. I know, you know, you're used to doing your own things all the time I know. as well. So, so you get used to the beginning. To it. I should say this. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is totally conversational. So it's wonderful. Um, you know, I always joke with people, hey, if the dog comes barking in, you know, it's because we're working out of our homes these days and um, trying to make things look and work and play and still be professional along the way. So excited. So talk to me about um, how sales is feminine. We talked about that a little bit before we jumped online. And I'd love to have the listeners really get a hang of that. Yeah. Well, the way I look at it is you look at the sales conversation, the consultation, consultative model, that's really been how we've sold things for millennia, right? You know, for as long, like, what do you need? What do I got? Does it fit? Great. You know, that assessment, right? Um, with more heart is, is, is then, and with more compassion and with a little more, um, you know, kind of less heavy sales in the coaching industry, in the personal development industry for sure. And when you look at it, you know, all those questions, all that exploration, you know, the second part about what are the goals are sometimes called the possibility section because it's about what's possible once you solve the problem. Possibility is inherently feminine. Hmm. And, and I'll pause here just to say, you know, when I say feminine or masculine, it's the energies or sides that we each, regardless of gender, carry. So we both, you know, whether a woman or a man um, or whatever you identify, and it's really, we all have a mix and a cocktail of both masculine and feminine energies and powers and sides in us. So when I say that, you know, a man can bring that kind of um, possibility, a woman can bring the possibility that it, possibility is feminine because it's about what could be. And that's more of that expansive space that is the feminine. And when you look at the sales conversation, like 85, 80% of it 
are feminine forms of power, like mm. possibility, like exploration, like connection. We're looking to get connected with people. Connection is inherently feminine. It's when you look at the feminine survival instincts, that's the thing uh, the feminine is so afraid of losing. If we disconnect, we'd end up alone and potentially dead. So connection, huge value on connection. And then 20% is masculine. The, the time at the end, if it's a fit, when you make the offer, that's what I would call the high masculine. You are asking a direct question that is you know, designed to get you an answer. Um, but also the questions you ask throughout you know, the entire conversation, those are what I call a masculine structure to support feminine flow. So, and you want that in anything you do. And the sales conversation is just a great kind of dist distillation of a lot of what I teach is so you have this masculine structure. And so you're not scrambling for questions, but are you, are you looking at the questions, you know, one by one and being really rigid? No, that would be much more masculine. You know, you're just, it's there if you need it and you can flow within it. So that's why I say that. Wow, I, that that's so that's so unique in the outlook of it. Many of us know we're doing it if we're doing it well. Many right. of us know we're doing it and we're feeling it, but we haven't necessarily categorized it as feminine or masculine sides. But you know, in the in the English language, there's really not a feminine and a masculine. But many of the other uh, international languages out there, there's a feminine mm -hmm. and a masculine on it. Mm -hmm. But we don't think that way. So that's fantastic that you've put it in this context. And now it's like, oh, okay, I should be having this conversation with my sales client or, or potential client. I should be having a conversation instead of driving those hard questions that would be a little bit towards right. the end that of the program. Right, that would start to feel more rigid and masculine and, oh, they have an agenda and, oh, and, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The agenda. Um, <laughs> you know, one thing I reinforce with clients is, y'all, like, well, A, if you, if you know the person ahead of time, ahead of a sales conversation or whatever they say to you ahead, like until it's said on the call, it is not on the record. You cannot include it. You need to get them to say it in that mm. moment. And, um, and, and, and that's where I think the structure supports the flow because the, the common mistake is either going all hard masculine or high masculine, like we just talked about, or, overcorrecting and going all high high feminine, which is just a bunch of space. And you're going to talk about what they need a lot. You know, you, you might go two hours, you know, but you're probably not going to get the information you need to make a powerful enough offer to elicit the yes, because mm. it's all flow. Like when, when, when women tell me, and I'll use this because I, I, I don't hear this from men. <laughs> Right, because it's not quite as deep or ingrained or or um, and you know instinctive is really um, is oh well you know I just flow in my feminine and I'm like so you're making a thousand dollars a month <laughs> you're <laughs> so, not closing you know and you're all over yeah. the place you're often running late because you don't have a calendar structure so you forget about deadlines and you're then in what's major high masculine mode because you're like right like trying to get the thing out and my whole thing is you have masculine structures to for, support feminine flow and then that never happens <laughs> people think i'm way busier than i am <laughs> because i'm careful about my calendar and i'm not mm -hmm. just like open for you know 
come one, come all. I have no boundaries around that. But, you know, no, Tuesday's closed. Does that mean I'm on the phone for 10 hours? No, but it's very full. And I'm mm. not adding anymore because I want mm. buffer time so I can play. Yeah. I like this. So, so it is a, it's, it is a pairing of the masculine and the feminine side that, that keep us in a successful zone because nobody likes the used car salesman. Hey, Mr. Right. Jones, what can I do to get you into this car today? Kind of thing. Right. Um, and it's not the woo woo of just having a conversation and never getting to the sale. Right. right. So I'm loving this. Okay. So how do we put this into our own practices? So now that we're aware of the femininity and the masculine sides of the sales conversation, how do we put this into our own sales process so it works a little better and we're not feeling as you say pushy yeah i think the best thing to do for that is well give you first of all give yourself enough time time if you don't like you know if you're selling high ticket and you're trying to do it within like less than 20 30 minutes like it's really hard you know part of what takes for you know what high ticket takes is what I just porch time if you know that expression it's a southern expression where when dating and courting you know the the man would come over and spend time on the front porch so mm -hmm. it's porch time and he'd put in porch time so yeah, high ticket sales require a little porch time y'all and what you need that? to be you know this is an hour you know really like any less you'll probably be like oh crap you know I went over um, so give yourself enough time. Cause if you don't have enough time, that's where we're going to have to drive the questions and ah. cut you off mid sentence because we need to get on the next question because time's ticking. Fair enough. So, um, I would assume this sales conversation is not the first conversation that you're having with them. You're going through some sort of a cadence before you get to this opportunity, or is it, you know, even if you're not selling high ticket, but maybe you're selling something in between, you know, anything, anybody can sell a, a $47, whatever, right. but you know, if you're getting in somewhere in between, I would assume again, this sales conversation doesn't occur on the first meeting or does it? No, not necessarily. Like that's where, you know, different ways people come into your world, right? And there may be somebody who, you know, heard about you or found you on social media or found your website and devoured, you know, some content and signs up to have a consultation with you, have a sales conversation with you. That, you know, so it can be, but usually though, no, usually where you're going to have either some more um, synchronous where like we meet at a, even a virtual networking, you know, event these days or a networking event, hopefully soon. Um, and, uh, or if there's some sort of online conversation where they saw some of your content, maybe interacted in the comments or, you know, you, you interacted in a post of theirs. So some sort of pre pre conversation, but I do definitely see there's in terms of actual verbal conversations. One-on-one -on -one we can have is th there are seven essential money-making conversations. That's Ooh. my whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Because each of the conversations, if it's the initial conversation, like we just met or the connection conversation where we met, or maybe we haven't talked in a while and we're catching up or getting to know each other. Mm -hmm. uh, what I call the, the turning, uh, turning a friendly conversation into a sales conversation. There's a way to do that with mm. getting weird. Um, yeah. and talk about that. Um, and then I, I split up the sales conversation into also the offer conversation because it's its own thing. And I find what a lot of people are doing, regardless of price point, is they're 
doing the whole sales consultation model pretty well, but then at the end they do a price quote and it's seven hours and it's $3,000. Oops. Like, you know, that's where I will often say sales is leadership because you got to let them know through the questions you ask, but also the offer or even your marketing really that, you know, the way I know where we're going, I've got you. I mean, that's like half of what people buy is you know what the heck you're doing, right? So each of those uh, money-making conversations, there's a structure that you can light structure just enough so you don't go off the rails. So you can elicit some information from them to sort in or out. Are you a potential client now or in the future? And and without it getting weird, without the person being like, oh, Weird. So I like that. It's, it's, it's a cadence. It's, yeah. it's an introduction conversation. It's the next conversation and sales doesn't always mean write me a check. If I have that clear understanding, it's I'm moving you to the next step, right. the next conversation right. and those kind of things. Right. Is that pretty accurate? Yes. I mean, there's conversion points in mm. along the way where they're saying yes to this or they're re- they're commenting on something and then they're then they're saying up to yes to your webinar and then they're signing up to talk with you mm. then they're signing up to work with you potentially but yeah there's there I don't think there's really less than four online or off unless you're you've really got a hot one <laughs> Maybe, well, or, but, you or, your, or uh, chances are you don't have a hot one and you're just right. being too pushy with that. Well, right, right. Um, and that's where, you know, this so much. And I think, you know, so many entrepreneurs, definitely more in the personal development coaching space, very intuitive. And what I think happens is we get so darn excited because we just met somebody that we can totally help. And it's like they have this neon sign on their forehead. And I've definitely experienced it. I just had enough, uh, kind of just enough at the beginning, just enough knowledge at the beginning to know that the thing to do was not talk about my work. It was to Mm. ask questions. But what a lot of people do is they level jump and they intuitively sense it level jump and start talking about their program, start talking about their services in a way that has the other person be like, whoa, they just went into sales mode. They just yeah. got a little pushy. and it feels pushy, yeah. but it's really just sales mode, but they feel it. And suddenly they're like, wait, how did we get here? Cause remember they don't not, they haven't connected the dot that we can help them yet we're the only one who is, who is on that page. Yeah. That's funny. I know I've experienced, I'm sure the listeners have all experienced, I'll, I'll throw my name into the hat. I mean, I've done that where you're like, yes, I can do that. And then you just like cut right to the chase and you start going, here's all the features and benefits and here's all the ways to do it. And you get all excited and the person goes, whoa. And had I had slowed down, yeah. Had I had talked to them more and like you just said, which was the big aha, getting them to the realization yeah. that I can help solve their problem and together we can do some great things, yeah. then they would have bought. But instead I pounced right. on them like a right. cat. I use that expression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I use that expression like, you know, without pouncing on people because that's what happens. We pounce. Yeah. And pouncing never feels good. I've been pounced on myself. Of course we all have. I mean, my yeah, goodness. Exactly. Yeah. 
I mean, and and so so that's the side. Okay, it sounds like that 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 we have to get into that cadence. We have to control our emotions a little bit. We have to sense what the other party is feeling and hearing, and have they had that aha or the understanding that yes, this is a possible solution before you can start doing the sales and and having that conversation. And and if I have this correctly, we do it through questions, right? One hundred percent. Whether the initial conversation, connection conversation, sales conversation, or even turning a friendly conversation into a sales conversation is a question. It's yeah, yeah and it's it's a very direct but spacious. It's it's essentially, hey, you've said some things, and I can hear, I can help you, but I would need to know more. That's the space, but I'd still need to know more. So it's an invitation to to set up a proper you know, in context, we both know what we're doing here, <laughs> sales conversation. You know, yeah. that sounds good. And the thing that just popped up into my mind when you said that is um, when you say, I need to know more, what if they're not comfortable telling you more at that point? They haven't like trusted you enough to say that. Do you take a step back? I mean, are there any, you know, dancing well, moves that you can do to generally to I encourage advise- them? unless, you know, weird circumstances is it's really just a question. And it, and part of the question is, we, you know, we'll set up a time in the next couple of days to do mm-hmm. that. So there is, and honestly, me or my clients, we've never heard a no to that question ever um, because it's direct and spacious and yeah, um, it really works. And people are, oh, you, you think you can help me? You know, they might not have seen it two minutes ago, but now you connected the dot they always want, want to explore, you know, would you, right. you know, do you want to explore that deeper? I would need to know more. Hmm. We can and then that's when you go into the discovery, right? Right. Right. And then we set something up for later and then that's the discovery or sales conversation proper. Yeah. I think there's one piece that gets you to that point though, before you can ask the question to, oh, yeah. you know, like I've, I've, like I see it, it's clear as, as day because I'm in the business and you're not seeing it yet. Um, what are what kind of um, what kind of questions can you ask, or how can you build that trust enough where they're going to want to give it to you? Um, right. As an example, I used to be in the financial services world, and so the conversation would come up, and then I'd need to know more, you know, of their business, and they go, "Oh, you know, I'm not ready to tell you that yet." So what is that kind of bridge that you could do to get somebody to open up more? Yeah, what I do there is something I call a pointed question. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's different from a leading question. So a leading question is designed to get a specific answer, like period, right? A, a pointed question is designed to get a specific answer if it's there. So leading question example, you know, do you want to have a great fourth quarter? How do you say no to that? Right, right, like, right. So like, like it just, you gotta go there versus, um, oh, you know, I always hear stories about how people navigate the cash flow roller coaster. You know, how's it been for you? You know, and for you or me, like in the work we do, you're gonna get an earful if Mm. the problem is there. If if there is something you could help with, you're gonna get an earful. If they're not struggling with the roller coaster. Oh yeah, you know, that was a thing at the beginning, but you know, not so much anymore. Like, thankfully I'm really psyched about it. And great, how's the weather? You just move on, <laughs> you know, it's, gotcha. it's, you drop it like a lead balloon in that moment. But the pointed question 
it bleh. like um, they will just talk and you kind of keep them talking. And for about 20 minutes is my thing because you do say, I hear you saying part of the turning a friendly into a sales conversation. I hear you saying, cause you want them to, you know, really know that you're not like putting it on them, but reflecting what you're hearing. And you know, when you're talking, like we've been, we've been going for like what, 20 minutes now, like it mm -hmm. feels like three minutes feels mm -hmm. like, right. If like the time sort of collapses when you're in the moment. So I say 20 minutes, at least really, um, of them really just talking about the problem in this kind of light way. Because when you say, I hear you saying several things that I can help with, which is the first part of it, um, they need to kind of cock their head and be like, yeah, I did say that. I've been talking a while, right? But if it's yeah. only been like 10 minutes, they're gonna be like, wait a minute, I have? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, I, I, maybe, you know, and they're going to be on the fence. So that's, so they're already basically talking about the problem. And so when you say that and move them in, so it's about, about that pointed question to answer your question is figuring out what that pointed question is for any individual business. Love that. So, and, and I think that these are things that, that, you know, we've all gone through a sales program, right? Where, where you learn how to, you know, ask the questions open-ended, you know, get them to the yes and do that kind of stuff. But this is different. Mm -hmm. This is really a conversation, which leads back to why it's a feminine conversation leading to the masculine sales side, because it's now making so much more sense that you're having a conversation with someone, getting them to explain what's going on in a way that they feel comfortable and open up to you, right? I mean, that's the whole thing is getting them to open up. Yeah, exactly. And creating that depth of trust, that depth of connection, and that depth of conversation. That's where the masculine structure of, this, of, the, of the sales questions tailored to you and your ideal buyer are really important. Mm -hmm. and something I always work with clients on because often they aren't customized or it's not very enough. hard. It, it can be. Um, and, and it's hard to do on your own. It's definitely helpful to have another set of eyes. Um, but that will create the depth of connection and the depth of conversation that then can have a high ticket sale convert in an hour. You get their credit card and it's just, wow. just done. And, you know, the thing is you mentioned like lower ticket, the thing with everything I teach is they are solid, good business, okay? For high ticket, it's just crucial. If you don't have it, it's really gonna be hard. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you're selling a $100 thing, this, is, this, will, this works just as well, if not easier, because it's not a multi-thousand dollar offer and there's just gonna be a lot more people that can, yeah, I'll pay for that, right? Sure. Um, it doesn't become like an investment decision. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And and I think I think that's it. I mean, here I'm I'm a poker player and I've been playing poker um a lot lately because you know there's in between and I got the stupid app on my phone and I got <laughs> called out the other day because I had I bet in, I bet in, I bet in, and then all of a sudden he bet more and I thought, shit, I don't sorry, I don't have the hand, you know, and and I'm like, all right, take it. And so what does he do? He calls me out in the in the in the chat saying, You're a coward. And I'm like, <gasps> I am. I was, you know, in, in poker, you, if you go, you got to keep going, you know, you can't, mm -hmm. you can't show that you're like that. And it really has been sitting on my mind for the last two days. So um, I think it is when you're, when you reach a certain number, 
whether it's a hundred to multi-thousands or whatever right. it is. And why I bring up this question is that people have a comfort zone. You know, they feel like, ah, oh, you know, let me ask my wife or let me ask my partner. There's that number, you know, that we get to. And I think that's an easy back out um, that they lean on because they start feeling, ooh, this is an uncomfortable number. And especially in high ticket offers where there is a commitment of, of you know, money as well as often time mm-hmm. for something. Um, how do you address that? I mean, I think it's where you where you warm them up and you build that trust and so on, but there's got to the be some time. skill to it. That's the porch time. You know, that's the full <laughs> hour, you know, and really listening on what I call like, it's really like five levels. So you're asking questions that they've never been asked before, potentially. Ooh, like or- what? It depends. It's it's so intuitive. It, you know, you'll be, you know, won't be the first two questions. It'll be like a third of the way through, half of the way through this question will occur to you. And that is, if you're familiar with, um, well, the idea that we're all connected, kind of that spiritual philosophy that we're all connected. So taking that a little deeper, the next step or two with that is, since that's the case, like your listening, Marcia, is pulling from me what needs to be said, what you need to be, you need to hear and questions will occur to us that people need to be asked. And the thing is to trust yourself and, and, oh, well, it's not on my script. That's okay. That's why this isn't a rigid thing, but we want enough. So you get to the point where the intuition has had enough information (laughs) that they can see this profound question. One time for me, it was, you know, and maybe more than one time for me, it's something along the lines of somewhere in their pain or their struggle part. The first part is like, so what happened to you during your childhood that caused you to, or maybe I'll just like drop it. Like, cause I don't even want to name what I'm hearing them say. Right. Like, but what happened during childhood? And there's always something Hmm. from minor, just, you know, I had a client once and she was so you know, from when she was six, that she didn't have the right parts to pee standing up, but she taken it to this, like girls can't do, you know, like this crazy level because she was six or whatever, to actual abuse and horrible, horrible things that go on in families. Right. So, um, you know, hearing this limiting belief, hearing the fear and just saying, so what happened to you? Because most people will know. Hmm. That's, that's, that's deep. I don't know that many salespeople would want to go down that path, but that's why they're salespeople, right? And not necessarily people that want to do business with them. I think that's, that's the difference is you want to, you want to make a relationship with this person. And it's not necessarily what happened back when you were six, but I mean, there could be something that that's stopping them and you can sense that and you can bring that question out to have them verbalize it and go, well, you know what? I actually, our guarantee solves that problem or our program will get you through that phase that you kept hitting the wall with before. And you can, by asking them, you can get to those solutions that you provide, right? Totally, exactly. And you'll start to see how your work can help them. Mm-hmm. But to, to what you just said a minute ago was like, and they, but they feel seen and heard. 
And, you know, depending on what business you're in, you might not ask that question, but I mean, I could see that for a copywriter. I could see that for a financial planner. I, you know, and maybe not what happened to you in childhood, but like, you know, is there, you know, do you have some past history where that was a problem? You know what I mean? Would be a similar question that's just a little more buttoned up, you know, a little more professionalized. Um, and but mostly just allowing your intuition, allowing your, your, your brain slash intuition to be like, you should ask this, this, mm. you know, it might be the first time they connect that, you know, together. And because ideally that, so the masculine structure, the supports feminine flow, the depth of questions, the depth of connection, ideally through this conversation, you are helping them have like these not even mini major epiphanies like oh because often with my client they're chasing more and more leads because they sell actually pretty well they haven't had this perspective which you as a great salesperson was kind of like whoa this is different right so they're they're chase they're doing pretty well but they're chasing more and more because there's a logic in if they just had more sales conversations they'd make more money because they're pretty right. good at it and my whole thing is like that's the heart like the lead part is the hardest for all, even seven figure businesses. It is the stickiest, it changes. So let's just get as many clients from what you're already doing. <laughs> and so let's get even better at sales. That's been my right. journey. Um, and so ideally that's, you know, they're having these little mini epiphanies like, whoa, I've been chasing leads and I just need to get better at sales. Yes. Yes. Or, oh, there, I haven't been managing my money, you know, go on. There are really three things. I had this aha the other day. You know, there's really only three things to your business. And the one is, you know, lead generation or marketing or, or getting, getting people to you in one way, shape or form or going out to get them. The second part of it is super value, which is what we're talking about, sales. You have to be able to close the deal. And then the third part of the business is growth. So that becomes, how do you have more of you? You know, what are the avenues? What are the different things you're going to do to scale your business? Mm -hmm. But considering that 30%, 33% of, of the, this, the business tripod is sales. Yeah. So why not work on something that you can be really good at and then build on the others? Now, if you can't do all three, you're in trouble. Um, right. But, you know, building on something as simple as, how do I convert more people that I'm talking to? How do I increase the conversion? Um, then you don't need, like you said, as many leads. Yeah. Um, you just have more sales, better sales right. and deeper sales with people who, as everybody says, know, like, and trust you. They're not going to know you until you have a conversation with them or share with what you do. They're not going to like you unless you connect like we're talking yeah. about here. Right. Right. And they're not going to trust you to give you their money until you've prove to them you can solve the problem. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And one of my sayings, because they've taken that a little different deeper is, is yes, the no like, and trust is awesome. And <clears throat> I think it's more about like, you know, trust, get, and buy, like, you know, because like, if they like you and trust you, but like, if they like you, they usually trust you. Um, if they like you, they get you. Like ah. that's like, they get you, they, they think you're cool or they get your, your quirky brilliance, as I call it, you know, um, they are so much more likely to buy, mm. you know, and it's all done through the connection. It's all done through the connection. And the only way you can connect 
is if you show that you're genuinely interested in them by asking those questions that you just did and that you can obviously solve their problem. But I mean, by people just want to be heard. They want to be felt and understood. So you're really bringing that out in these conversations. And I love this. This is so valuable. And it's, it's greatly missed in many of the conversations that are out there. Um, You know, whether it's buying a new car or um, getting some help in your business or building a relationship with your banker. I mean, there's just it's, it's often so missed because they go right for the sale. They go right to the masculine side and go, here's our features and benefits. Here's how yep. I can help you. What can I do to get you into this car today? Yep. 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 And receiving and, people as transactions, like, oh, you're not buying today. Like kind of you're dead to me versus like build a freaking relationship. You know, yeah. I can't tell you how many people have come back around after I've built a deep relationship with them. But, you know, that was three years ago when, you know, we were in touch for 18 months, right? We haven't been, but there, Sarah, I'm ready to buy. You know, I got money like allocated. Let's go. Sale the next Yeah, They had to do a shift and they probably realized that they absolutely needed to change this. And this is something that I think the best salespeople who are going to build relationships and transform and not that one and done transaction. So if you want to be with anybody for any length of time, it's all around the relationship. Just like the dating pool. I know they say this all the time. I'm not experiencing it myself, but you know, you don't go up to the bar and find the guy and go, Hey, will you marry me today? <laughs> you build that relationship, right? Um, yes. No, you fully <laughs> build that relationship and, and you, you, you try not to pounce, right? You try not to level jump. Um, and yeah. So, um, cause you know, pouncing just scares them away. I am kind of in the middle of that. I'm trying not to pounce. <laughs> Don't pounce. Don't pounce. Take, give it time, give it time. Right. And, exactly. and, and not forever, but, but the time the buyer needs to feel comfortable with the decision. I love this. And space. It doesn't even have to be. Yes. Space. space is That's a beingness. Good. Space is a lack of pressure. Space, space is just, just a breath. And, you know, we got time and, you know, like we're no not- pressure, no pushiness. Right. Good ahas here today, Sarah. Gosh, this is really valuable in a time that I know everybody needs it because, you know, if you're not selling, you've got a hobby. Um, so where can listeners find out more about you? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. A um, couple places. You can check out my website, which is sparklingresultscoaching.com. And then I have a lovely free gift that is the seven essential money-making flow ch- conversation flow chart that details out all seven of those conversations with your main objectives and which is more masculine and then kind of your way of being like, what do you need to accomplish in this, in this conversation and kind of who are you being during that conversation and details all those out. And you can get that at sparklingresultscoaching.com forward slash flowchart. Love it. Thank you very much. I know that's a valuable thing that will get people thinking about um, how they want to proceed with the sales conversation in that feminine and masculine way. So love it. Thank you. Love it. Awesome. Well, listeners, I hope you, uh, found some really valuable ideas to put into your business that will help your business be more profitable. I know that these seven steps will be just amazing for you. 
So considering what's happened to businesses over the past year and more now, it's ever important to create your own profit plan so that you too can have a thriving business. To further help my listeners, I've put together six tips that will help you improve your profitability right now. You can pick up those tips on my website at trajectorybiz.com and the links will be in the podcast notes. As always, we'd love to hear any questions, feedback, or even ideas for shows. Hit us up uh, with the comments and Sarah and I will both uh, respond to them. And don't forget to subscribe today uh, so you can get on here about next week's podcast. Uh, as always, you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. And we're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with a plan. Thanks, Sarah.